Well, this morning I'd like to uh, talk with you a few minutes about the uh, high priest and, and, and the priesthood. The Old Testament priesthood, uh, uh, primarily, I suppose. But I would ask the, the purpose of the Old Testament priesthood as we study in the scriptures. Uh, we know everything has a purpose. Ecclesiastes, if Ecclesiastes is true, there's, a, there's a, a, a time and a purpose and a season for everything. We, uh, we think of that uh, oft times when we have a, 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 uh, someone that leaves this earthly life, a time and a season and a purpose, whenever things come up in our lives. More things that we don't like rather than things we do like, I suppose, and we say, hey, there's a, hey, there's a purpose for it. There's a time, there's a season. It's all in the Lord's hand. But that was true for other people in other ages also. So we travel back in, in time to the Old Testament priesthood. And I ask, what was the purpose? We know, Shadow, we know there was a purpose. Just as there's a purpose in this day, just as there's a purpose in that crescent moon, just as there's a purpose in these songs, there's a purpose in the Old Testament priesthood. There's a time for it, purpose, and a season, according to the scriptures. So, there was a, uh, I guess the first question was, uh, what, was the, what was the purpose for them? The Old Testament priesthood. And we know the Old Testament priest, we know that they would take, and they would, all, they would uh, uh, bring the, uh, the, uh, the animals and, and sacrifices to them, and the Old Testament priest would offer up the sacrifice. For the people, that was the purpose. They couldn't offer them up themselves. The Old Testament priest would offer up for them, and there were many different sacrifices, you're aware, but the sin offerings they offered once a year for the, the sin of the people. So we, uh, we understand what it uh, was uh, for them, the, uh, the Old Testament priesthood, and maybe I should say the Levitical priesthood. But now... What is the purpose of that for you and I in this day and age? What's, what's the purpose of that? Why would I take the time to look at this this morning? Why would you want to take the time to listen to this this morning? It's history. It happened. It's history. I think it's very interesting history. A lot of it is very peculiar history as you would read it. And, and I encourage you to read the law. Go back. Uh, and, and read the law. It'll take you hours to read it, uh, or take you a long time anyway. But, uh, but, but read the law. More than Ten Commandments. Very interesting and peculiar. There's some peculiar things in there. But why? What's this purpose for us? I understand the purpose for them, or at least part of it, but what's the purpose for us? Just history. Very interesting. Reading. Is it for a lifestyle? Would we read back that we would, that we would live by that lifestyle? And let me just tell you now, my answer to that is no. You say, well, do you think that, uh, that uh, we should break uh, some of those laws? My answer to that is yes. You say, I, oh, I would never say that. Well... I'm being honest, okay? 
and I, and I don't know how you feel, but let me let me give an example why I say that, and I say that to get your, your get our attention and focus. If you would take the time to read all that law, you would find things in it that says that you're not to take two garments of different type of material and sew them together. Now this morning I'm breaking that law. The jacket that I have has a garment here and a different type of garment here sewed to it. My trousers has a garment. The pockets are made of a different type of garment. You people probably are breaking it also. Do we believe in breaking it? Say that. I do. I don't. I do. <laughs> Saturday evening, we kind of got a late start. But I traveled more miles than were lawful. You say, well, isn't Sunday the Sabbath? Well, whichever way you want to count, I, after midnight, I traveled more miles too. So Saturday and Sunday both, I traveled more miles than were, than were lawful. I, uh, 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 I believed in breaking that law. Loris will tell you, I, I didn't break the speed limit, Chuck. I was at the motor home pulling the boat, and she would say, well, setting these speed limit, I said, <laughs> and then we had this discussion. Well, have you driven a motor home? Have you pulled a boat? You know, just because of the speed limit, you don't have to go that fast. The semis go around you in the way, air and everything. But anyway, I, I, didn't, I didn't believe in breaking that law last night and, and everything. Now, Traveling, not towing anything. Yeah, I broke it. I broke it going down and coming back several times. My trips coming back. We can talk a lot about all those laws. Uh, see, I ate uh, while I was down there. I went to Sonny's Rib twice. I ate pork. That's that's against the law. That's against the Mosaic law. Numerous things in there. So whenever I say, is it a lifestyle? Do I believe in breaking it? Yeah. And you can say you don't. But I think you do also. Catfish. Couldn't eat catfish. I didn't have any catfish. But anyway. Yeah. So I hope you understand what I'm saying. And I hope you're honest with yourself also. So what's the purpose of the Old Testament priesthood? History is the lifestyle. Are we to offer the same sacrifices? See this. This. Old Testament priesthood, this is part of the law of Moses. And when you go back and read it, you'll see all this is part of the law of Moses. So then, are we also to, uh, uh, to uh, make these high priests? And these high priests would offer these literal blood sacrifices? And if you say no, then you also believe in breaking that law. Or maybe I should say it this way. This is a more correct way to say it. Do I believe in breaking that law? That's not a correct way in saying it. I don't believe we're under the letter of that law. That's more a correct way of saying it. It's like people says, uh, and, and you know, you can take surveys and you can make people say anything they want to say with surveys. But but people say, well, is uh, uh, God's not? Uh, do you believe they'll take an event like 9/11, which we just had the anniversary of 9/11? But uh, uh, is God to blame for 9/11? And how do you answer that? Well, you can't answer that that way. The question is not phrased properly. They've got in there, is God the blame? And I haven't looked up the word blame recently, but that means, I think that means to do something wrong or, or a person responsible for doing something wrong. 
Well, you can't answer a question. They, they've built something into that question. Is God, respons is God to blame for 9-11? Now, if they want to say, is God responsible? I can answer that. Yes, he is. And he planned it a long time ago. Is he to blame? Can't answer that. that you, you're putting something into question uh, that, that shouldn't be there. You're already putting something in there. Is God to blame? Now, God's responsible. Blame, you don't ask a question that way. So whenever I say, do I believe in breaking that law? Do you believe in breaking that law? Probably not a good way of phrasing Do I believe we're under the letter of that law? Absolutely not. Now, do I think that we can take, let's say this songbook was the law, letter of the law, that God gave to Moses to give to the children of Israel. Over 613 commandments I've heard. I haven't counted them all. There's some debate on that. Do you think that, that we could take part of them and tear part of them out? Say, well, we're under this one, not this one. We can wear the clothes with two garments. We can eat cat feet. We can eat pork, but we can't do this. We can't do this. We can't do this. Don't believe we'll find chapter and verse that will let us do that. So anyway, so what's the purpose then? The purpose to them and what's the purpose to us? Is it just history? Is it a lifestyle? Is it that we would offer the same sacrifices and so forth? Well, the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians, I won't go there, it says these things happened to them and were written for our learning and our admonition. So, Christina, what we're going to be studying at and reading today is for our learning and our admonition, not just for them, but for us today. So the purpose of the priest was to offer sacrifice. And as we look at the Old Testament priesthood, we can, there's, there's actually a couple types and status there. It also teaches, we talk about the priesthood of the church, the priesthood of the believer. We're not going to get into that this morning. But it's a, uh, we'll get into another. It is a type and shadow. But the purpose of the priest, uh, well, let me just state, it was, it, it's a, uh, the priesthood back there, the Old Testament priest, was a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ, who's our high priest. So let me just get that out there. But the purpose of the priest was to offer sacrifice unto God. And not just anyone could do it. And we'll cite an example of that, but not just anyone could do it. And the same is true today. Now, initially, God had set, God who's in charge and knows what he's doing, initially had it set up, it was the firstborn. Then it was a tribe of Levi. And then, not only the tribe of Levi, but the seed of Aaron, who was of the tribe of Levi. That was the only ones that could offer up acceptable sacrifice unto God. Uh, then there was a, a, a to, for also for our learning and our admonition, it gives an, a, an event, a piece of history of Korah and his family. Now, Korah was of the tribe of Levi. And Korah and his family, some of his relatives, uh, they were the tribe of Levi, and, and they were kind of had charge of the, the tabernacle. They would take it down and put it up and, and wrap it, get it ready for shipping and all that kind of stuff. And they had charge to do all these things uh, because they were the tribe of Levi. Very important and a blessed thing to have charge of this. But they were priests. And they, so they went to, to uh, Moses and Aaron, and they told Moses and Aaron, saying, listen, you take too much on you. You think you're the only one that can offer up sacrifices, and you're the only one that can be the priesthood. 
They said the whole congregation's holy. We can all do it. And the Lord told uh, Moses and Aaron, said, well, let them uh, uh, appoint a day and, and, give them, uh, uh, and let them offer these sacrifices. Of course, what Moses and Aaron told Korah and his group said, no, said, you take too much on you. You want to be the priesthood. Said, you was blessed with being in the tribe of Levi and in charge of the tabernacle and all these things. Now you take too much on you because you also want to be the priesthood. And God didn't set it up that you would be part of the priesthood. It's of the seed of Aaron. Nevertheless, uh, so they went this day and, and Moses said, okay, here's a certain day. God says, bring your senses and everything and come and offer sacrifice. They was probably happy that day. They probably, oh, finally, Moses and, and, and Aaron, and, and they thought that they was the only ones going to be able to offer sacrifices. Now it's our turn. They was probably very happy. They'd won a victory, so they thought. So they were all out there and had their, these censers were made of brass and everything, and they were offering sweet-smelling incense, or they thought they were offering sweet-smelling incense, and the Lord must have not been, because the Lord came down and destroyed them all with fire. And then told uh, the children of Israel, said, Now, go take those censers, nice them down, make them flat, and cover the altar with them. Why? So that they, the children of Israel would know them from then on out. Not just anyone can offer sacrifice unto God. Only the ones that God has set forth. Only the ones that, the, according to the rules and God's uh, uh, determinate counsel could be priest. So, Chuck, every time they look at that altar, oh, <laughs> there's a reminder. Well, we also should have uh, this reminder. Not all can be a priesthood. Uh, there was a time also when the kingdom was divided. And, of course, you had to travel Levi up here, and then, but the kingdom was divided. And uh, on the one kingdom, the king says, now, it's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem to, to all his, his, whatever, his people under him, okay. He said, now, it's too much for you to go up to Israel to offer sacrifice, or up to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices. That's just, that's just too much. Too much of a trip, too much of a burden. That's a long way to travel. So what was his, now I don't know his ulterior motives, but all I know is what he did. He, and what he said was, now we'll offer sacrifices here. So they built a, a tabernacle, built a temple. I suppose they, they built these different furnishings and offerings. And on the same day, they appointed feast days the same day that they was going to have the, the, the different uh, sacrifices and things in Jerusalem. They were going to do them down here. Well, they had to do something else. They had to have priests to, to do the offerings. So it says they made priests of just anyone. It, were, it was not of the sons of Aaron. It wasn't of the tribe of Levi. 
Was it acceptable? No, you go study it, it was not acceptable. So not just anyone can offer them. You may want to, and you may think, well, that's not politically correct. <laughs> it's a discrimination. You may charge God with all kinds of things if you want to. By the grace of God, I'm not going to. Cora thought, I don't know what, I don't know what terminology Cora actually used. Hey, this is discrimination. We'd hear that today, wouldn't we? But yet this is the way God that, that, uh, had said that. So they made priests. Uh, but they didn't make priests of, um, of the tribe of Levi, the sons of Aaron, and it was not acceptable. Well, how do you make priests anyway? Well, God told them how to make priests. And again, these were the only ones that was to offer up the sacrifices. So God told them how to make priests, and we'll not take time to study this morning. I don't want to get too long, but you can find it multiple places in the Old Testament. Uh, but he said that you, you take these... Uh, uh, very important, though. First, you start out with priestly material. <laughs> the tribe of, well, the tribe of, or the, the nation of Israel, tribe of Levi, the sons of Aaron. That's the genealogy that you follow, and them you make priests. Well, how do you make priests of them? Well, you make priests of them, said, first you bring them before the, the, the door of the temple, and you wash them. So then you clothe them, and then you anoint them. Now the clothes, well, let me, let me ask you this. Suppose they put a different kind of clothing on them. You think God would accept it? How, how particular is God in following his commandments? Well, I'll tell you, one time there was a, a, a couple sons of, uh, of seed of Aaron. In other words, they were the nation of Israel, the tribe of Levi. They were the sons of Aaron. They were priestly material. They had been washed and, uh, and clothed and anointed, and they were going to offer a sacrifice. And they offered sacrifice with strange fire, the Bible says. God killed them. He said, well, what's the difference? Fire is fire. We had a campfire down there. The Lord's like campfires, kind of enjoyable. Uh, my best meals was what was fixed on the campfire, better than the grill, better than everything. But anyway, uh, but fire is fire. I go up here. We got a little fire pit out to the back of the house. I don't use very often, but uh, start one there. It's all the same. It'll burn you. Not according to God. There was a specific place they were to take that fire from to offer the sacrifice with, and they didn't, and it killed them. You say, well, that's a minor infraction. Well, take it up with God. It killed them. So the washing, suppose, they said, well, we're going to wash at home before we come to the door of the tabernacle, we, you know, privacy and all that kind of thing. Would that be acceptable? No. Well, what about the clothing? Well, we want to wear our own clothing. God told them the clothing they were to wear and, and what is be, how it was supposed to be made and, and, and all the different things that was on it. That, that was part of it. And then there was an anointing. They had to be anointed with oil. And, and God told them, he said, now, he says, I'm going to send you, whenever the Lord gave them this law of Moses, which contained his priesthood and everything, he told Moses, he says, now I'm going to send you skilled craftsmen to do all these things, to build the tabernacle. I'm going to send you apothecaries or chemists to, to create this uh, anointing oil. And there was a certain uh, formula 
for, for creating this anointing oil. And uh, he was going to send uh, uh, trained men to do this. He said, now you don't take this and pour it on man flesh. This is just for the anointing of the priesthood. So this was all, all part of it. Now, if you take that anointing oil and pour it on all one of the other tribes, would it make them a priest? Would not acceptable. They tried it when the kings were divided. Didn't work. So you can't make priest of man. You had to start out with priestly material. They had to be properly washed, properly clothed, and properly anointed. And and they would take this special oil that God told them to make, and they would pour it on them from above. You say, well, and, and it was supposed to run down on them, run over the beard, and run down on them. You say, well, couldn't we just mist them? Dolores had some sun tanning lotion, dry oil, and a spray pump. You can, what about if you just mist them with that oil? What about if you just rub it on them? Aaron's two sons were killed because they had brought a different fire. The, the anointing oil was to go on a certain way. You say, well, you know, what difference does it make how the oil goes on? What difference does it make where the fire comes from? Well, first of all, God said it's to be this way. That should be good enough, shouldn't it? But, although all this is history that we have talked about and everything, it, as we said, it has a purpose. And all of this is a, a picture or a type or shadow, if you will, of Jesus Christ who was to come. And whenever the Lord gave this to Moses, and, and including in all this, part of it was the plans of the tabernacle. When he gave him this portion, he said, now, and he told him more than one time, he said, now you make this. Be sure you make this according to the plan that I gave you. And I often ask the question, well, what difference did it make? Was it building code? Was it to, to take a certain snow load or wind shear or, or something like that? Was that the reason he said you build exactly according to the plan that I've told you? Was it uh, materials that would be fire retardant or, or chemical free or something? No, it wasn't any of that. The reason he admonished Moses more than one time, you build exactly according to the path that I've given you, because this was patterned out, it was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ who was to come. Not only who was to come, but had already been. It wasn't Jesus patterned after the tabernacle and the law, it was the opposite. Jesus was first, he's, he's forever. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is forever. So then, when God told Moses, okay, you make this according to this pattern. You do the priesthood according to, to this manner. All that was a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ who was and, and was to come to the earth. So all this was important according to God, and it's written for our learning and our admonition today. It's the, the Old Testament priesthood as we study it. It's to teach us about Jesus Christ. That's what it's for. Old Testament priesthood is part of the law of Moses, which is, again, to teach us about Jesus Christ. 
Now, again, we said, so, well, I've used up most of my time and just getting started here. Uh, so now you say, well, that's not a, that's not a very good example because you said that, that uh, uh, the, the, the priest had to be of the tribe of Levi, of the seed of Aaron, in order to be a priest. And now you're saying that's a type and shadow of Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ was not of the tribe of Levi. He was the tribe of Judah. You say, well, that's not a good example then. Well, we've got... Uh, uh, one more said exception, but in, uh, in Hebrew chapter 7, uh, let's look at this. This is a, a, uh, a little bit about Melchizedek, who was before the law of Moses. Interesting thing about Melchizedek, I certainly don't understand everything about it, uh, about him. Uh, but we know, and I like to study genealogies. Um, Gene Keaton was very good uh, uh, about genealogies. I miss uh, fellowshipping with him. But if you want to study Melchizedek and study his genealogies, forget about it. There's no record of his birth, his parents, genealogy, his death, just nothing. So he's very interesting, but you, don't, you can't find out much about him. So here in uh, uh, Hebrews 7, verse 1, and what we're looking at is how could Christ be a priest? He wasn't of the tribe of Levi. Well, we're going back pre-Levi, uh, pre-Law of Moses. Verse 1 is uh, Hebrews 7. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of, Mo priest of the Most High God. So he's a priest of, uh, said of the Most High God. Who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now, several things about this we don't have time to get into. Was he without father, mother, or just no record of it? Yeah, that's kind of what I think. Uh, but it says, made like unto the Son of God. This was before Jesus came to the earth. How could he be made like the Son of God? As I stated, Jesus Christ was eternal. He came to the earth a certain time. The tabernacle and the law was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. Although it preceded him as far as being on the earth, but didn't really precede him, Shayla, because he was eternal. It preceded him in time as we would look at it, as far as earthly time. But Jesus was before earthly time. And that's what it says about this. He said, uh, being made like unto the Son of God. Well, Jesus hadn't come to the earth yet. How could he be made like him? Well, again, Jesus was first. Melchizedek was patterned after Jesus, not Jesus after Melchizedek, although we can talk about it in that manner. Uh, so we, we talk about the Levitical priesthood and how it had to be in the seat of Aaron. But we see here another priest, Melchizedek, priest appointed by God. And he wasn't the seed of Aaron. That was before Aaron. But priest of the Most High God. Now, uh, verse 11. Uh, 
If therefore perfection were of the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further was need uh, was there for another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? So good question. So now we got the law and everything, and, and the Levitical priesthood, all this is under the law. It says if that was uh, the perfection, if that was the completeness, then... Why do we need another? Why do we need Jesus Christ as our high priest? He was to be called after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Aaron. So uh, a good question there. For 12, for if the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also the law. Is that true? Priesthood changed. Now we see the types and shadows. We see the teachings but yet, there's a change in the priesthood. Is it a change of the law? Certainly. We see the types and shadows, but we see the change. 13, for, uh, for he of whom uh, these things are spoken pertains to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. Again, the attendance at the altar was the tribe of Levi, the seed of Aaron. This, he was in the tribe of Judah. Verse 14, that's what it says. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning the priesthood. And it is yet far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there rises another priest, who is made not after the law of carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Again, Melchizedek was patterned after him, but it says he's patterned after the priesthood of Melchizedek, although Jesus was first. For there is verily an annulling, or disannulling, of the commandment before, for the weakness and profitless of it. This is talking about the priesthood, talking about the law. It was disannulled, it was made void before it was ever given. Those Old Testament priests, all those sacrifices, all those sacrifices never took away one sin. So there's a disannulling before. Christ is going to be the true sacrifice. Christ is going to be the true priest. All the things in the law pointed to Christ. The law was a type and a shadow. So it was disannulled before it ever came. It was never about the law. It was never about those sacrifices. It was never about that priesthood. It was always about Christ. They didn't see it. I didn't always see it. Most people don't see it today. But that's what it is. 19. Uh, For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of better hope did, by which we draw near unto God. How do you draw near unto God? Keeping carnal laws and ordinances and offering blood of bulls and goats? No. By Jesus Christ, our high priest. 20, as much as not without an oath, he was made priest. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swore and will not repent, thou art a priest forever, or thou, yeah, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. So, we answer the first question here as far as uh, priestly material. Was Jesus Christ priestly material? Yes. Not after the tribe of Levi and the seed of Aaron. But we see he was priestly material appointed by God after the order of Melchizedek. 
Now, we said the Old Testament priests had to be washed, and they had to be clothed. And uh, uh, the washing, uh, well, let's, let's go real quickly to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew 3 and uh, 13. Uh, okay, I was in 2. That didn't look right. Uh, uh, Matthew 3 and 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to the Jordan and to John to be baptized by him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and thou comest to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Permit us, or suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness that he considered to him. So he was, he was baptized here, he was washed. The priest had to be washed at a certain place, and <clears throat> so Jesus also fulfilled this. But the garments, we said had to be priestly material, had to be washed, had to have certain garments. Did Jesus wear the ephod and all the priestly material after the uh, order of the Levitical priesthood? And no. We're out of time. Psalms 132 says, Let thy priest be clothed with righteousness. Was Jesus Christ clothed with righteousness? Yeah, he was clothed with righteousness, majesty, and honor. That's what he was clothed with. So he had the proper clothing. The anointing. We talked about the anointing, how the Old Testament priests had to be anointed from above, that oil and everything. We don't have time, but Jesus Christ, whenever he was, after he was baptized, remember he rose up out of the water and the spirit in the, in the form of a dove came down and, and uh, lighted upon him? Well, that was the anointing. That was the Holy Spirit. That's where he was anointed. That was the anointing. Uh, that's how, that's how John was to recognize him. That was one of the ways. John was sent to bear witness of this one. Well, bear witness of who? How am I going to know? And the Lord told him, the one you see, the Spirit descending and remaining, that's the one. So whenever he was baptized up out of the water and the Spirit came down in the form of a dove and ascended on him and remained, that's how John knew. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the one. So that was the anointing. So now he's had the uh, he's priestly material. He's had the washing, he's got the garments, and the anointing. So he's a priest appointed by God. And you say, well, okay, he meets all the types and shadows of the Old Testament priesthood, doesn't he? No, again, it's the other way around. The Old Testament priesthood is those types and shadows of him. You say, well, he didn't come to that, the Old Testament priest. He didn't come to the earth, but all that he was in glory before. So we, we want to see whose type and shadow of what. That's the reason Moses was to do all this according to what God told him, because this was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ, who was and was to come. Uh, so Jesus Christ is our high priest, and not only that, he's a sacrifice. He, the, the Old Testament priesthood, they had to have sacrifice to offer, also appointed by God. So he was a high priest, and he was the, the sacrifice. And probably the most important part of my lesson I'm having to leave off, 
uh, let me just, uh, maybe in a, in a minute or so, uh, let's go to Hebrew uh, and skip through a, a, a couple of verses. And again, this is the most important part of my lesson that I'm having to admit. Uh, Hebrew 8 and, and uh, 1, maybe, we'll, we'll read that. Uh, now, these things which we have spoken, this is a sum. And I wanted to read several other things in, in Hebrews here. The seventh chapter talks about this and, uh, and everything. We read a little bit in the seventh chapter. But verse eight, or chap, chapter 8, verse 1, Now, these things which we have spoken, this is a sum. And I love summaries. I, I, I just love summaries. I'd rather read the summary of the book than read the book, I think. But anyway, we have such a high priest who is seated. On the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. We do. A minister of the sanctuary. And of the true tabernacle. Which the Lord pitched and not man. Now wait a minute. You mean the tabernacle in the wilderness which was part of the law of Moses was not the true tabernacle? That's what it says. The tabernacle, the law, the priesthood, the sacrifices. That was not the true. Well what was it? Type and a shadow of the truth. Uh, let's see. Verse 5, talking about these earthly things, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern shown to thee in the mount. And the mount was where he received the law of Moses. It says you make it uh, according to... Uh, to that manner. Uh, verse 6 and 7, But now hath obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant, the old covenant, the new covenant, by which was established upon better promises. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Again, it was disannulled before it was ever given. Uh, Chapter 9, uh, well, maybe, let, let's read verse 13 of chapter 8. In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and groweth old is ready to vanish away. So we see the old covenant and the new. One is decayeth, ready to vanish away. It served its purpose. A type and a shadow and teaching. Uh, chapter 9, verse 9 10 which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make them that did the service perfect as pertained to conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and various washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of Reformation. So this is talking about the first covenant. This is talking about the letter of the law. Priesthood, dietary laws, uh, moral law, whatever you want to, all the laws, okay? We don't, really shouldn't break them up. It's the law. But it says this, it stood only in, in meats. Okay, you can't eat catfish, you can't eat pork. Drinks, you couldn't drink certain things. And, and various washings and carnal ordinances. That's what it was all composed of. It says, imposed on them until the time of Reformation. Okay, this type and shadow and all these things and carnal ordinances was until the time of Reformation. And, and that word Reformation is a beautiful thing. It really helps us understand that. Reformation means a time of setting things right. 
That was given until the time of setting things right. When was the time of setting things right? When Jesus Christ came, who all that pointed to. It was a shadow. Jesus Christ was the very image. That was a shadow. So all that was given and imposed on them until the time of Reformation. Is the time of Reformation here? It's already came a couple thousand years ago. That's when his carnal ordinances were imposed on them until then. Reformation, time of setting things right. I tried to think of a good example of that, and I just couldn't, so I'll give you a bad example of Reformation. Time of setting things right. When uh, I've been to a few uh, tea parties. Little girls have a tea party. They got the little keys. I'm sure you've been to some of them. <laughs> they got the uh, little uh, teapots and teacups, and, and you go and you drink air tea. Not very filling. And, and well, and mud pies. A lot of you ladies and things have probably made mud pies. Uh, again, I told you this is a poor example, but uh, what was the purpose of that? Well, that's kind of a learning thing, wasn't it? Teaching how to bake or something, maybe, and how to have social skills with tea parties and things. I don't know. But was that, was that mud pie, the real pie? Dolores, she's a pretty good cook back there. But I love to tell her about her first pecan pie. <laughs> Debbie makes wonderful pecan pies and everything. But her first pecan pie didn't taste like mud, but it had the consistency of mud. <laughs> anyway, long I won't go into the full story about that. But anyway, it's kind of a learning, <laughs> learning uh, uh, problem. But the mud pie that wasn't that wasn't the real thing. The tea party that wasn't the real thing. But it's kind of a maybe can we call it a learning process? Maybe. Until, until the time of Reformation, until the time of setting things right, this is how you make tea, this is how you make a pie. Again, I told you, poor example, but law, priesthood, dietary, carnal ordinances, washings, all those things imposed on them until the time of Reformation, until the time of setting things right. That came 2,000 years ago when Christ came. So, he was our, our high priest. Let, well, let me read verse 11 and 12. We've got to read that and then we'll close. Uh, but Christ became a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, Neither by the blood of bulls and calves, but by his own blood he entered once to the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Uh, so, so many things we could continue to read there. Chapter 10, verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of those things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make those who come to it perfect. So, Christ was the very image. That was, that was a shadow. So as we look at the Old Testament priesthood and, and, and that portion of the law and everything, it was a type and a shadow imposed on them, but happened to them and written for our learning and admonition. 
that we would understand that was until the time of Reformation, time of setting things right. Chuck, the time's come. Christ has come. No more mud pies and air tea parties. Christ has come. That's the way. Those carnal ordinances, washings, and sacrifices, and dietary, that was never the way. That was only a type and a shadow of teaching until the time of setting things right. That time's come 2,000 years ago when Christ came. So he is our high priest. Close the last scripture promise, Hebrew chapter 1 and verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, he himself purged our sins. He was the high priest, he was a sacrifice, and he purged our sins. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. Dismissed.